Hey, just a warning. While Fuller House is a family show, the Fullest House podcast is not. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to the Fullest House, where MILF stands for Moms I'd Like to Fuller. We we have fun here. I'm Mark Green. I'm Harrison Bloom. And I'm Zach Horowitz. And yes, we do indeed have fun here. We do. And what a fun episode. What a weird episode. Was it a fun episode? I don't know. I was trying to do one of your great transitions, Zach, and I think I beefed it. I think you did pretty good. I mean, it needs a little bit of work, but you it was definitely there. Like, you're definitely, with some practice and some time, you'll get there. You want to take it? You want to give me a transition? Sure. Speaking of not-so-great transitions, this episode was called The Not-So-Great Escape. See what I did there? See what I did there? Wow. Only a true transition master. I've been kind of making fun of you for the transitions, but that was fantastic. Thank you. I am in awe. Oh, thank you. Oh, I feel feel so good right now. Someone finally acknowledges my killer transitions. This episode, I'm tempted to call this episode a bit of a mess. Yes. You'd be correct uh, in that sense. A lot of weird stuff happens with very bad pacing. Yeah, a lot of stuff happening. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's a very chaotic episode. Mm-hmm. So so let's try to break this yeah, down. Let's, yeah. Okay, so we start with... Where should we even begin? So Steph is watching over the Tommy. baby. Yeah, Tommy, because she has no life. Yes, and he keeps he keeps looking up. He keeps looking up, and that confuses him. And the show makes a hilarious joke about how she's confused that he keeps looking up. And right. I think in real life, the baby just couldn't stop looking at the microphones above them, so they wrote it into the oh, show. Oh, yeah. Yes, for those of you who of remember, I think it was uh, part of the IMDb trivia for the pilot episode, where the baby it said the baby kept looking up at the boom mics, and they just made a bit out of it in this episode, I guess. And- and I okay, gotcha. I love babies. I love kids, but so not to be mean to one. <laughs> that's, but that's <laughs> the best way to like start off. It's like, look, I don't hate babies, but <laughs> but I don't hate babies. But could they have gotten a better baby? <laughs> <laughs> I just like one who. Could... Look, I know most babies aren't trained actors. They don't have a lot of babies at Juilliard. I'm I'm not a mean person. <laughs> but, like, if you look at the Olsen twins in the original show, they're pretty good charismatic babies. And it's not that this baby is bad. It's a very cute baby. But he's just a little inexperienced. Both in life what and in acting. What we need is for one of the Olsons to have a baby to replace the baby on Fuller, oh, Fuller House. I thought I thought you were just going to say, can we get the Olsen twins in here to play Tommy? Can we just we'll <laughs> lampshade it? We'll lampshade it, but just a full-grown woman playing it, a baby. It did occur to me. It did occur to me. But it was too surreal even in my own head. So I, I, I had to skip over that. But it is a possibility, you know, bring him in, put him in a diaper. We'll fix it in post. Look, 
With grown women voice little <laughs> boys in cartoons all the time. You got Tara Strong That's as right. Timmy Turner, etc. Tara Strong as other little boys. Exactly. <laughs> Just shout out to Tara Strong. Fantastic voice yes. actress. Yep. Oh, she's great. So you could get a grown woman to play a baby in live action, I assume. Oh, she Tara Strong was Dill in Rugrats. That's a grown woman playing a baby. Oh, yeah. Wait, what's, I don't That's think right. that was Tara Strong. That wasn't Tara Strong? I don't think so. Google time. Hold no. on. I'll be back. There's a really weird story about she was so good at imitating a baby that she made a woman lactate. No, Tommy Pickles was voiced really? by Not Elizabeth Tommy Daly. Pickles, Dill Pickles. Oh, oh, it was Dill. Sorry, I thought you said Tommy. Maybe I did. Oh, we're, not, I... we're not good at this. I, don't know. I haven't watched Rugrats in so long. I never I don't know. One long. of us is the idiot. I'm going to guess it's probably me and that I didn't hear you right. Well, you know what, Zach? I won't argue with you. Good. Okay. Tyler says Dill so was Maybe Strong. we should continue describing the episode of Fuller House. I think... And yes, Tara Strong was Dill Pickles in Rugrats. Cool. So in this scene, then Ramona comes in and Ramona's really upset because she's at a new school and she has no friends. And I feel like I wanted there to be more to that thought, but I don't have anything else written down. Yeah, it's kind of just like thrown out at the beginning of the episode where Ramona's like, oh, I don't want to go to school because I'm the new kid and I don't have any friends. And then everyone's well, just like... Well, it's not just thrown okay. out, but we don't really deal with it in this episode. It comes up in the beginning, and it comes up in the end, when she successfully makes a friend. I'm tempted to describe this as the A-plot. I don't know if we spend more time with DJ at the vet clinic, which is... And Stephanie, which is kind of the B-plot, but we begin with this... We end with this, and I think the strongest plot in the episode is Ramona and Jackson at school trying to deal with the fact that Ramona has no friends. Yes. Um, 100%. I I will argue, of course, that uh, the B-plot is funnier because we have sad boy Stephanie, but... (laughs) Uh, con- yeah. yeah, she's constantly invading the episode with her sad, sad life. The B-plot of this episode is very chaotic. The B-plot is very chaotic to the point where I'm I'm afraid to get into the B-plot. Yeah, I feel like if we oh start gosh. to describe it, we're going to miss something. Oh, yeah, but DJ says, you know, you have one friend. You're friends with Jackson, right? And Ramona and Jackson both just give her a look. And I, the kids on this show are great. Except for the baby, apparently. And there's a bit of an arc because then at school, Jackson helps Ramona there. And in the end, they, they've, they've come together a bit. That's right. Yeah. Their relationship progresses. Well, some legitimately good character development. And all it took was setting off the fire alarm. And speaking of things that are legitimately good in this episode, I think we should talk about Kimmy. Yes. Oh yeah. She was great. She was on fire. She's really good in this episode. This might have been Kimmy's best episode so far. She has some really good witty dialogue. A lot of emotional range from Andrea Andrea Barber. There's a great joke where DJ is loading Jackson's lunch into his lunch bag. And Kimmy says, oh, Ramona likes it when I make her lunch. And she puts a $20 bill in Ramona's lunch bag (laughs) and then gives her more for dessert and it's more money. And that's, it's a good joke. I didn't deliver it well. I'm sorry, you guys. It's okay. We forgive you. You guys are the best. 
Friendship. We'll try to move past it. I, I thought you were going to mention the joke where later in the episode, things got really chaotic. Basically, all right, I gotta. I feel like I gotta go through like most of the B plot first. Th- there is a more recent joke that I really liked where Ramona says something about, you left me somewhere in order to say that Kimmy is a bad mom. Oh, the ball pit at McDonald's. The ball pit at McDonald's. Oh, yeah. You left me at the ball pit at McDonald's. And Kimmy says, I didn't leave you. I forgot you. Which is a good line. It's a very good good line. line. We did very much enjoy that line. I usually don't like Kimmy's lines. She was great. This was a very good episode for Kimmy. This writer, who, who, what was the name of the writer again? He really, he really killed his Kimmy. He understands her voice. Andrew Gottlieb. Yeah. He really understands Kimmy's (laughs) voice. I feel like I should also mention that he has a book called uh, Drink, Play, Fuck. Which is an added, which is a parody of Eat, Pray, Love, which we only found out uh, because of Tyler, and that's incredible. I think he's kind of becoming my hero. <laughs> it is possible, just looking it up on his Wikipedia page, it does refer to it as just drink, play, fuck, but it also says drink, play, fuck, one man search for anything across Ireland, Las Vegas, and Thailand. Which is like three very random places. <laughs> I think those are three places where a lot of shit can go down is more what that is. Uh, okay, yeah, that, that uh, yeah, fair enough actually, you know. You're right, you're right. But my point was just that Andrew Gottlieb is my hero. Our hero. Our hero. I'm You're right. Yes. 100%. We're all in this together, you guys. He gave us a wonderful episode of Fuller House. Wonderful is a strong word. Uh, let's get into the B-plot. Yeah, let's get into the B-plot. <laughs> yes. It's very chaotic. Let's try and run through the main beats as well as we can. So, yeah. uh, DJ's working her job at the pet care and the vet clinic. And, uh, her boss is just, he's not a good boss. No. He's, he's leaving. He doesn't tell her, uh, that his son, the first appearance of our boy, Matt, our boy Matt, I there's not a ton of Matt in this episode, but boy howdy, do we like Matt Harmon? <laughs> oh yeah, that's one way oh, to put right. it. He he was he was off his game, and it was wonderful. I, there was I, honestly there's there was a moment I liked his scene, and I'll tell you why. Oh no, his scene was good. His scene was good, but it was good very specifically because it felt like a meat cute. But it was a very mm. one-sided yes. meet cute. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Um, his dad introduces him to DJ, and he goes, "You're Doctor Fuller," and he makes like a joke, and he's all awkward, and DJ's just there. Yeah. She's not giving him anything. There's also a joke where Matt's dad says that he that Matt likes his tummy rubbed, and then Matt goes to like, and then Matt goes to DJ, and he's like, "Oh, I'm excited to be working with you. Uh, maybe I'll let you rub my tummy too." Which comes off really weirdly. It it I, it really makes yes. me want an entire rom com that's one sided. Yes. Just like one person is going through all the highs and lows of a romantic comedy, and the other person is just there. The other person just exists. Yeah, I really want that scene where our our hero he runs in at midnight to to the airport, of course, and says like, I. I didn't know it till now, but I, I love you. I need you in my life. I love everything about you. And I don't care about 
who does the dishes or or the ways in which we might hurt each other because the things we could do for each other are just that much greater. So please, don't get on that plane. Give me a chance. And then she just turns around and goes, wait, who are you again? I, yeah, just like, yeah, okay. And then like, go, <laughs> they go <laughs> off together. Like, it's not that she's an unwilling participant. It's just like, she's not giving much oh, to okay. the dynamic. So he's like, yeah. don't get on that plane. And she's like, okay, Greg. All right. <laughs> and then just yeah. gets on the plane. Like, sure, you're cute. Yeah, you're okay. sure, sure. And then they leave. They go to they they go to couples places. Yeah, I was trying to think of an airport standard. Hawaii. We'll say Hawaii. Hawaii. Yeah. I meant a store in an airport. Oh. 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 They go to. Uh, they go to. They go to Hudson Books. They go to Hudson's bookstores to get some Reese's peanut butter cups. Where we. Hey listeners, we skipped a week. We're we're a little out of practice. I'm sorry, you guys. <laughs> Welcome back to the Fullest House Podcast, where we break the fourth wall all the time. <laughs> Let's get back to the B plot. So yeah, you're we, right. we introduce Matt. We meet Matt. Th- this episode has messed us up. I feel like this Matt scene starts off like a weird trend in this episode of men who could probably be serial killers. Oh yes. Yes. First we have Matt, then we have Darren. I actually think before Darren, we have Max. Oh, yes, with the baloney. Oh, yeah, the yeah, yeah. plot in this yes. episode is, it's dog day! We forgot the, the C plot <laughs> involving Max getting a dog. Max, the puppies are here, Max is going to get a dog. And before he goes in to meet the puppies, Max... Rubs his face down with baloney. It's cologne. Which is classic serial killer behavior. And he pronounces it col- balone. Like, it's his cologne. Personally, I prefer the term cologne. Yeah, I... That's very good. I didn't want to brush over that, I think. I think we should start our own brand of cologne. Called cologne? <laughs> yeah. And, and, like, we can branch out. There will be various meat products. Like, there will be a ham-scented one. Welcome back to... Mm-hmm. Just imagine the commercials. Welcome back to a cologne. We sell cologne based on meat and meat products. So, uh, look out on our merch store. We don't have a merch store. If and when we do get a merch store, that's gonna be the first thing we sell. Screw t-shirts, screw hoodies, screw, like, stickers for your laptop or whatever. No, we're making meat cologne. Do not hold Meet me to Cologne. this. It's it's an untapped market. Yeah, it's an untapped market. We are not uh, financially accountable for anything we say on this podcast. Uh, but yes, we should talk about Darren because simultaneously, Stephanie is in a coffee shop and she's watching Tommy and Tommy's strapped to her and she meets this guy who really likes that she's a single mom. I also, I also do want to point out, the scene starts, she's waiting in line at a coffee shop, and before he says anything, he's just making faces at the baby, which is very weird to me that just, like, you're just in a coffee shop and a strange man just comes up to you and starts making funny faces at your baby. And by the way, with my tone, I don't mean to denigrate single moms. Single moms are fantastic, but this guy is very into the fact that she's a single mom. Yeah. Like, if she wasn't a single mom, he wouldn't have even approached her. I, like, she has a line where she's says, like, what if instead of one kid, I had two kids? And he says, like, that's even better. And there's something that I find <laughs> profoundly creepy about yeah, the more kids, the yes. better. It's very creepy about that. Like, 
it starts off with Matt and Max, but I feel like Darren is the one guy here that we are just kind of convinced he is a serial killer. Yeah. He wants a collection of, of single mothers single and her mother. children. He wants to be a baby daddy. He wants to be a baby daddy. <laughs> the way you're saying that. I, I, uh, great. Like, no, it's, it's a good bit. It makes it sound very creepy, which I, is. I love point. it. I love it. So, so, so you see, um, Emma and I, we, my girlfriend Emma, we have uh, our, our, our book. We have our movie, you know, couples have a movie or a song. Or mm-hmm. Our movie is the movie After, which was filmed <laughs> at our college campus, and it's terrible. And we've been reading the book, and the main romantic interest is such a terrible person that I read his lines in Hannibal Lecter's voice, and it always works. You made us, you made us sit through that movie with you as well. It was, it was an experience. I don't know about you, you Zach. He didn't make me sit through that movie. I wanted to sit. Through oh that yeah, movie. no, no. I, I, I made. I feel like after I said it, I feel like I made it sound like he forced us to watch it. No, we were both very interested in watching this movie. <laughs> I feel like we keep going on tangents, and I love going on tangents, but I feel like we're avoiding the episode. <laughs> you're right, you're right. right. Okay, okay, so, 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 Darren, serial killer, approaches Stephanie, and he's also confused by the baby looking upwards, and then he helps Stephanie avoid credit card debt. Actually, he, no, he doesn't, no, he doesn't, he doesn't do because, that. because Stephanie goes to pay for her muffin and coffee and she it's like eighteen dollars and she hands the barista a bunch of credit cards and and she's like i have no money and in a brilliant moment of setup and payoff we have now set up that stephanie is broke dj calls her saying i have a job and i need to do and i'll pay you money because dj's receptionist is out Hmm. the receptionist needs to go to a vet and despite the fact that she works at a veterinarian's office. Well, that's because DJ's prices are so terrible. Yeah. That's not even a joke I'm making. The show made that joke. I Shout out to Fuller House. <laughs> shout out to Fuller House. Shout out to Fuller House, you guys. I don't know if people know that like we do anything in tribute to Fuller House. Socialist icon <laughs> Fuller House. <laughs> <laughs> DJ with her bourgeois business practices charges people for animal health care i mean technically dj's not in charge of that technically it's matt's dad that's true it's once dj and janet is the receptionist janet yeah janet once janet dj and janet sees the means for of production that's when everything will be all right yes uh so so she so stephanie starts working as a receptionist uh and then later dj has to leave as well other things happen. Uh, Kimmy is now taking care of Tommy. Uh, and she's like, she comes in, and this is just one of my favorite lines that I was going to bring up earlier. And now that we have context, uh, Kimmy comes in and she's like, all right, I got to pick up Tommy real fast. She's like, sure, park tonight. My car is full of, I forget exactly what it was, but it included a robot costume and a bunch of mayonnaise. It was mayonnaise, oysters, and a robot costume. And yes. they're all going to go bad. <laughs> I like that you thought we needed context for that line. Well, I, I didn't want to skip ahead <laughs> to this point in the episode. That very deliberately doesn't need any context. I didn't want to skip ahead in the episode. I wanted to I wanted to get to that line when it came up uh, naturally. You're right, you're right. It's a very natural thing to And do. also another thing is that Kimmy has been planning a birthday party for a hundred-year-old man, and this is not for the birthday party. Yeah, that kind of doesn't come back. 
It doesn't come back, but it was a very there's funny really, joke. There's really no setup or payoff in the B plot. There's no beginning, middle, or end. I I don't know. I thought it was very funny because DJ was like, "Oh, is that for the birthday party?" And then in my mind, I immediately went, "No." Oh no, that was a wonderful moment. I'm saying this B plot as a whole uh, exemplified a lot yeah. of the writing in Fuller House, where it's a lot of things happening without. Without a beginning, a middle, and an end, without yeah, real I setup think, and payoff. I think this episode right. in particular is very, is very bad with that. It's very chaotic. There's a lot of things going on at once. The, the A plot's not bad with that. Yeah, especially. Oh, well, I'm sorry. I'm talking mostly about the B plot. Yeah, which I think my favorite moment of well, this came absolutely the fuck out of nowhere is when someone Stephanie's alone in the vet clinic and. Oh, this yes. guy runs in and says, my mom found this animal wounded in the road. And she's like, yeah, bring him in. And she brings in a skunk and then just sets it on the ground and I guess leaves. The skunk seems to be not at all injured well, it as well. runs in and then stinks up the room, uh, which is then paid off like two minutes later when DJ comes in and finds that Stephanie has acquired two like trash cans full of tomato juice and she is now bathing everyone yeah yeah the puppies are all bathing in uh tomato juice and stephanie and tommy and max are bathing in tomato juice and she got it really quickly and she posted it on her facebook because she's well dj posted it on her facebook also major plot point major plot hole how did stephanie have the money to buy the tomato juice you're right <laughs> I am apoplectic. Listen, Harrison, the, the logistics. This is outrageous. The logistical analysis of that scene goes way beyond how did DJ afford all that tomato juice. This is a matter of like how did she manage to do all of that in the span of like two minutes showtime? Uh, well, you don't know how much time. I mean, yeah, passed. again, yeah, we don't know how much time happened in between, but it's presumably the same day. <laughs> Well, it's the same yeah, it's day. It's the same day. But does does it really take that long to like go to the store and get tomato juice? But it's a shit ton of tomato juice. I'm, I'm kind of I'm getting. We'll get back to it, but I'm getting a li- little tired of this B plot. So, do we want to go to Ramona and Jackson again? Sure. Yes. Let's go back to Ramona and Jackson. So, Jackson comes up with this brilliant escape plan to get Ramona out of school because she doesn't want to be in school she doesn't have any friends well before we do that i just i do want to mention a moment when he first offers to help ramona escape and she accepts i you know he assures her he has a plan because uh, guys jackson is a little bit of a bad boy he is a bit of a bad boy I'm not going to reuse my amazing transition from the last episode but i could i'm not going to and in maybe my favorite moment of the episode, just in how it foreshadows things to come, he <laughs> does this cool thing to try to close his locker. He does this like elbow thing and he ends up hurting his arm. Because <laughs> it's not like a cool elbow. He just goes like, boom, like just like slams it shut with his elbow. Yeah, but he's trying to be a cool guy and he... And he- Fails yeah, he's, miserably. He's pulling a Fonzie with the jukebox. And he, like, hits his funny bone. <laughs> yeah. He's he's our sad boy. Though not not truly yet. I love my sad bad boy. He tries to do, like, a nice little... He tries to do, like, a cool one-liner before it. And then he just... 
does that and anything from the cool one-liner has just worn off wait whoa, wait, wait before we get into jackson and ramona do we want to do sad boy of the week well i actually just wanted to mention a line that we skipped over okay. and yes. i can't believe we skipped over it yes but when stephanie first meets darren and she's telling darren that she's a single mom oh uh, yes he has the line and i quote Nothing sexier than a multitasking single mom leaning in and doing it all. <laughs> Which it sounds like the first line of like a movie about a single mom. But if you just say it to someone on the street, it sounds really creepy. She was a single mother leaning in and doing it all. See, he was a creepy guy in a coffee shop. It turns into a horror who movie. really had a thing for single moms. He also wanted to do it all. If you know what I mean. <laughs> I think I do know what you mean. But Harrison, you were saying something about Sad Boy of the Week. I don't I don't think I know what you mean. Oh, he was talking about sex. I thought oh, he was talking about sex? I thought he was talking about sad boys. Ladies and gentlemen, sad boy of the week. <laughs> that was a really bad transition, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was in the middle of a transition, Zach. No, I'm the only one who can do transitions. Zach, you have to have the transitions. This is my segment, goddammit. <laughs> you don't own Sad Boy of the Week. Now, last time on Sad Boy of the Week, well, between last episode and this episode, I came up with the idea of keeping a leaderboard of our Sad Boy of the Week and seeing who is the saddest boy for the entire show. Uh-huh. So currently our standings are at are as follows. We have Steve with one point, who didn't make an appearance in this episode, Stephanie with one point, and Macy Gray with one point. I bet Macy Gray's gonna the win. The fact that she is on this list at all is amazing to what, me. What happens at the end of the show when we tally up who's the saddest boy? The winner gets Ooh. the satisfaction. Are we gonna mail the actor, like, a gift card? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say we should invite them on the podcast, but I think that we should definitely send them a, a prize. I mean, we've already we've already been begging Juan Pablo de Pache to be on our podcast. Which, by the way, Juan Pablo de Pache, uh, come on up the podcast, please. Please, please, please come on our podcast. Um, and honestly, he's probably my bet for who's probably going to win at the end, even though he ha- has not cracked the uh, the leaderboard yet, and he wasn't in this episode. I, some of my favorites for winning the show aren't aren't on the board yet. No. Yeah. No. No. Not yet. Um. But let's let's get into it. Who are our nominees? So, I think the most obvious one is Stephanie. Steph. Oh, yes. I was going to say her first. <laughs> she is so sad in this episode. Like, before they set her up as, like, a reasonably successful DJ with a life. And now... And now she's broke? What has she become? She's been in the Fuller house for, like, two weeks. And she's, like... She's broke and dumb and... Is lying that her sister's kids are hers to to get with some random guy in a coffee shop? What's the long game, Stephanie? What's the long game? There is no long game at this point. Get married, set up a fake family to double as her, to, to pretend to be her children. Do, do we have any other nominees? I'm tempted to throw out Matt. Though I don't think he'll win, just because of uh, his, his very one-sided meat. I think yeah, that's it's definitely worth a mention, but I don't think there's enough Matt in this episode to warrant being the sad boy of the week. 
Tyler has a nomination. It's, it's Matt's dad for uh, <laughs> for completely forgetting to uh, notify his one employee. Yeah, but is he a sad boy or a bad boy? Ooh, yeah, that's an important distinction that we need to make. Jackson Ooh. is both, but they it's it's hard because they rhyme, but there is a difference. Yeah, exactly. That's a good question. I I I want to throw out and hear me out here, Kimmy. Yes. Yeah, I, I was thinking about yes. throwing out Kimmy as well. Because in the, Kimmy's arc in this episode is that she's a really bad mom. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, just giving Ramona way too much money for lunch, which doesn't seem so bad to me. If you can, if, if you can afford it, I just, like, don't... I guess that's her allowance, too. Who cares? Oh, there is the end where... I guess we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, yeah. but she does, at the end, uh, try to reward Ramona for ditching school with a spa day mm-hmm. uh, because she doesn't want to make Ramona any sadder. And that's pretty sad of her. And DJ calls her out on it, and Kimmy yeah. says, I, I, I can't be tough with her while her parents are divorcing and she's moving to a new school, which is fair. But also... I do like the fact that Kimmy's a bad mom deliberately. Like, it's not even, it's not even, I'm not going to be harsh with her. It's, I'm going to be a bad mom. I'm going to just give her money, no questions asked. And I'm going to take her to the spa when she gets suspended. So she's a little sad. Okay, yeah, Yeah. I think, I think Kimmy's definitely worth a mention. Is there anybody else we want to bring up, like, I feel like a lot of people have, like, a little bit of a case, but I feel like there's not much of a case to be made for anybody else. Like, Ramona's literally sad. Yeah. She's she's actually sad. Yeah, she's actually sad. But she's not pathetic. She's just going through a rough time. Yeah. Like, viewers, for for the uninitiated, when we say sad boy, we mean sad boy in more of the term as pathetic. And, like, humorously pathetic. Yes. Not just... Yeah. Not just living a, a bad life, like just pathetic to the point that it entertains us. Yes. Yeah. We're sociopaths. Yeah. <laughs> I went on a whole tangent about how a baby was a bad actor. I, I can say that. Do we want to put Darren as a sad boy? <laughs> I don't know if he's so sad. He's weird, but not sad. Yeah. I, this episode is confounding me. Yeah. Tyler does put out one more nominee. I think we should vote soon. Uh, but <laughs> our special guest star, Stephen Toblowski, <laughs> great comic actor, Stephen Toblowski, who's in one scene of this episode as the science teacher. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I also do want to mention as well, just again, for context, uh, the Jackson's escape plan is, uh, set off the fire alarm by making a smoke bomb and volcanoes there's volcano projects volcanoes start erupting and ramona sneaks out of the school during the commotion and then later uh jackson's talking about the volcano erupting and i'm just gonna tie an imdb trivia here as well and this mm-hmm. is like the only one that i thought was really funny in this episode uh it says and i quote uh, Stephanie has an odd look on her face after jackson talks about erupting his volcano implying he was doing something inappropriate I didn't even register that. Yeah, I didn't either. I just Fuller saw that in the IMDb trivia afterwards, and I was like, "This is this is going in the podcast." 
get your head out of the gutter, Fuller House. I think I think that's another uh, point in Stephanie's favor, honestly. I think it's time to vote, and I think I'm going to vote for Stephanie. I'm going to vote for Stephanie as well. Oh, Stephanie, 100%. I, I usually go through and sum up the cases, but... I think Stephanie is the only one with a strong case here. Was was there any doubt? I mean, yeah. she lets the skunk stink up the office. She has massive amounts of credit card debt. She bathes in tomato juice, which is then posted online she for all to see. She bathes in tomato juice. She's very sad. She's very sad. Episode. She do- she presumably has sad, meaningless sex with Darren before ditching him so she doesn't have to yes. pretend she has two children for the rest of her life. And with that, we have our first two-time sad boy of the week, Stephanie. Yay! Woo! <laughs> In the lead! The current leader. Uh, Tyler, if you could um, edit in like cheering or music <laughs> or some sort of like leave that entire thing, leave this entire thing when entirely. we um, wh- when I'm cheering. That was the point. I was doing a bit. Okay. So. Okay. <laughs> Hence the voice. Anyway, ignore Zach in that part right there. Um, I'm sorry. What? Yeah. If you could. Did you Did you say something about? Like, yeah, this is. Yeah, this is an I'm ASMR sorry. podcast. Is this, is, this, is, this a part of a, is this a part of some private conversation that I'm not supposed to be privy to? We do have one shared brain cell, apparently. Yes, the three of us have one entire brain cell that is shared between the three of us. I, it's I repeated hard what because Mark we're said in different because houses. As we said, as we mentioned earlier, I did just review what Mark said, and that is, in fact, because we do have that one shared brain cell. Anyway, this bit is dead. Let's move on to I, something yeah, else. What else is there to talk about? Uh, the escape plan goes poorly. The yes. Ramona is caught by a security guard as soon as she jumps out the window, who then puts her back into the classroom where the sprinklers are going off. Yeah, I remember I was I felt gratified because when Jackson sets off the sprinklers so Ramona can sneak at can jump out of the building, I did have the thought, wait, when there's a fire alarm, doesn't everyone go out of the building? Yeah. <laughs> um, and Ramona then is immediately turned back in by a security guard and says, Jackson, you forgot that this is where everybody lines up when there's a fire drill. Yeah. Uh, so kudos, Fuller House, for you used a legitimate thought to make a joke. It was nice. I did want to think it's like it's very weird that the security guard made her go back into the classroom where the sprinklers were going off. That that is true. This is a bad security guard in a bad school. And like the security guard didn't know there could have been an actual fire in there. I know. That's it's I I wonder if it's like his training, if it's just like you catch a student, you turn him into the nearest teacher. It's like, well I guess that there's a teacher in that burning building. <laughs> Uh, so go back in there. I'm not, I'm not going to go in. What am I, crazy? But anyways, uh, they find out, uh, Jackson and Ramona are both suspended, which then causes Stephanie to be alone in the pet clinic. Uh, there's also a very good line from Kimmy, where Kimmy's just, like, very good this episode. Because this happens, like, when they're all in the pet clinic together, where Kimmy's picking up Tommy. DJ gets a call saying Jackson's suspended. She hangs up. Kimmy gets a call saying Ramona is suspended. And Kimmy's just like, huh, isn't it weird how both of our kids are in trouble at the same time? What are the chances? Ooh, what a funk. I, I want 
I know I feel like we're pitching a new spin-off every episode. We are. But I want a spin-off where Kimmy uses her cognitive and detective powers to solve murders. I want Murder She Wrote starring Kimmy Gale. <laughs> nice. For a second I thought you were going to just say we should just have a spin-off where we see Kimmy just in her daily life. Finding out what the heck she does every day with her oysters and mayonnaise and robot suits. Well, it's like that, except what she does in her daily life is solve murder. Listen, Harrison. Okay, there we Harrison, go. Harrison, look, I'm just yes. chalking that up, all the stuff and that to, to, um, Fernando's probably into some weird stuff. But she's not seeing Romet, uh, Fernando right now. No one can resist Fernando. Yeah, okay, so this is a good question. What do you think she was doing with the mayonnaise oysters and a robot costume okay okay we have to okay let's think what can you make with mayonnaise and oysters mayonnaise uh, oysters dipped in mayonnaise that's that's your classic quick thinking zach (laughs) is is mayonnaise used in tartar sauce is mayonnaise in tartar sauce um hold on I, i think i've come up with it i think that kimmy gibbler uh saw what the heinz brand was doing where they're combining multiple different condiments together Grand. She's kind of got the spirit. She's got mayonnaise. She's got oysters, which isn't really a condiment, but counts nonetheless. So she's making uh, oyster mayonnaise. I-, I have my own theory, and I'll get into that. But for people who don't really understand everything Zach was saying, um, Heinz has a line of products that are mayonnaise and various other sauces mixed together. They have mayo must, mayo must, which is mayo and mustard, mayo chop. They have mayo Q, but our favorite is Cranch. Cranch. <laughs> you Ketchup have to and say ranch it with dressing. that voice. It, it doesn't Cranch. work otherwise. I also do want to mention, uh, Mark recently paid Harrison and I a visit separately to hand over. I, I don't know about you, Harrison, but at least for me, he gave me a handwritten note and a gift bag. And I was very confused. He did confused. the same for me. I was going to mention it. It was so I nice. was very confused at first. I read it, we we did, like, a whole thing where, like, Mark was next to me, he read it out loud in, like, the style of, you know, movies. And I was really confused, and I looked in the gift basket, the gift bag, and I saw a crunch, and I just started dying. It might quite possibly have been the greatest bit I have ever seen from anyone. I'm, I'm honored. Um, but I do have a theory of what she had the robot costume and the oysters from. Okay, go for Okay, it. wait, before you say your theory, I should clarify that tartar sauce is a mayonnaise-based condiment. Hmm. So, okay, that, that affects your theory in it, any way. It doesn't, because here's my theory. Okay. So, <laughs> Harrison, I understand everything you just said, but I'm going to throw it out in favor of my thing. <laughs> I, you'll see. Um, oh, I was, I was just pointing it out there. So uh, oh, no, no, I, I understand. I just thought it was funny the way that Mark just immediately pivoted to something else. In the vein of Kimmy solving crimes and just thwarting crimes, uh, I think that these oysters were endangered and they were stolen and Kimmy rescued mm. them, but they're after her. So she has devised mm. the, the best way to get to the ocean possible. She got a robot costume. She's going to slather it up with mayonnaise. And she's going to slide to the sea. (laughs) The sea robot. You know, I can see it. She's going to live amongst the oysters. I can see it. I can see her doing it. 
I, d- I missed the text. I don't know what it was in relation to, but Tyler just texted at one point, please stop. This was when we were doing the ASMR thing. Yeah, uh, and I think that was in reference to our bit of leaning into the mics. Because I saw that text right after we finished that. Okay. Because I, I, I thought maybe he objected to my theory, but I'm glad to know that Tyler has no problems with my theory, and we've established that. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'll, we're, we're really just looking for Tyler's approval more so than anybody else. That's why we're making the podcast. It's for Tyler. He yeah. also does point out that the uh, the mystery of the oysters and mayonnaise and such is very much like the three seashells in Demolition Man, which uh, yes. yeah, that that movie's become a meme recently, right? So yeah, that's very timely. Yeah, well, it's I I watched it recently with some people. We decided to watch it because it's a movie about how police brutality is good, actually. <laughs> I'm staying away from this one. <laughs> I have not seen it. The cops in the future are bad and pathetic and nonviolent, mm-hmm. and they need uber violent Sylvester Stallone to save the day because police brutality is necessary and good. <laughs> and they need Sylvester Stallone, a violent cop, <laughs> to defeat the black man. Oh, yeah. That's right. That does happen in that movie. Wesley Snipes is the best part of that movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. I haven't seen it, but I've seen clips. Yeah, Zach, if you're uncomfortable, we can. No, we it, can it's, move it's on. all good. I'm just like. Let's talk about police brutality in Fuller House. <laughs> are you are you astounded by this revelation of this utopia that exists in Demolition Man? <laughs> I it's it's great. the The dystopia of Demolition Man is um, no crime. Right, no crime. Everyone's clean. There's no gun violence. Taco Bell for everybody. Taco Bell for free Taco Bell. And and it's it's just it's it's real bad. And they use three seashells to clean themselves in the bathroom instead of toilet paper. It's basically it basically predicted the coronavirus <laughs> and our need to adapt. That's one way to put it. Demolition Man is the film for 2020. <laughs> But yeah, I think, um, just trying to think of the things we haven't gotten to about this episode. Uh, in addition to Matt, there's another first appearance of a character. Mm-hmm. We meet Lola. Oh yeah, Lola. I thought you were going to, I thought you were going to talk about, uh, Cosmo TD Fuller for a second. TD, of course, referring to the dog and not a sponsorship with TD Bank. Yeah, I, Cosmo's name is Cosmo the Dog Fuller, which I... I'm getting a dog, and the dog's middle name will be the dog. I remember, and I can verify, by the way, that uh, like I spoke to you the other day. I can verify that you came up with this idea completely separately from Fuller House, because we, you did not remember that joke in in this episode. Not specifically, but maybe the inkling was planted in my brain. Right. Yeah. Maybe I have Fuller House to thank. I was not maybe. present for this conversation, so I can neither confirm nor deny Harrison's statement. But I was witness. I, I I do trust Harrison as a witness, though. He's he's pretty reliable. Um, but Lola is a popular girl who Ramona wants to be friends with. Actually, no. Jackson has a crush Jackson on her. Jackson has a crush on Lola and says, Hey, Ramona, be her friend, because that could be an in for me. <laughs> I like that that's where Jackson's at. It's not Ramona is sad and I should help her be not sad. He's like... Ramona is sad, and I can use this to my advantage. Yes, as all brothers do. I, Jackson's a bit of yeah. a bad boy. A bit of a bad boy. You could say that. 
And there's an extended joke about they all have baking soda volcanoes. And Lola says, this is my baking soda volcano that my mom, I mean, I made. No, wait, wait, Mark. I think you're not doing that joke justice. It's. Yeah, go go ahead. Give me a read. This volcano that my mom, I mean, I. Yeah, there was, there was an awkward pause. distinct pause. pause. Yeah. There was an awkward pause. <laughs> yeah, you did. You did. You, you killed it. You all right, Excuse Mark? Me. Yeah, yeah. I just, um. I am dying. We're all slowly oh. dying. So we have to make this podcast yeah. fast. Oh shit! We better get to it by actually talking about what happened. So she's she's doing this volcano, and she has that joke of my mom, but then she she fucks up because she uh, she keeps going and says is a replica of the volcano that my mom. Sorry, I mean I went to on my honeymoon. Wait. <laughs> It's a classic TV bad liar yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, people on TV are horrible liars. They can't just say something. It has to be this whole thing about my mom, and they just can't and keep it up. And the teacher is just not having it. It can't be that hard, right? I mean, I, I, I certainly never uh, 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 mess up when I, I lie. Uh, 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 never, ever. It's so, it's so Tell easy. me a lie right now. This episode of Fuller House was really good. See, you did perfect. <laughs> you gotta believe in yourself, Harrison. Don't talk down about yourself. Thank you. Talk down about Fuller House. <laughs> um, but after they set off the sprinklers and Ramona tries to escape, Lola sur- suddenly thinks that Ramona's really cool. So Ramona does get up, friend. Yay, Yay, friendship. But Lola is mad at Jackson. Because now her mom has to make a brand new volcano. Yeah. But I think there's a spark between them, you oh, guys. Yeah. I We're getting a lot of love in this episode. The inklings of romance. Romance. Darren. Darren. Matt. Darren, Matt, Lola. This is a very romantic episode. We didn't realize it till now. Almost an hour into recording. This is our Valentine's <laughs> Day special, even though it's going to release yeah. not at all close to Valentine's Day. It's... It's Valentine's Day in July. <laughs> God bless us. Maybe we everyone. should just release this on Valentine's Day. Like it would, it should just go one, two, three, five, and then we never explain it up until Valentine's Day when we're like, well, that's you creating those mysteries of like where's the, the fourth, lost episode fourth episode is how you get a listener base. That's right. Season four, episode four of Sherlock. <laughs> it's going to come out one day guys it's, it's going to come it's gonna out, come out. <laughs> so basically that happens they're back home from school after being suspended DJ gives Jackson a huge list of chores to do while he's suspended where Kimmy is just like oh Ramona you're suspended that means uh, spa day time and you can say hi to your old friends at your old school and uh, DJ pulls Kimmy aside and there was one line that I liked there, because she said, um, look, I don't want to fight in, the, in front of the kids, but I do want to fight. And what I think was missing from that scene is that right after that, TJ should have just thrown a punch. Just a cheap shot at Kimmy. It's like, look, I don't want to fight in front of the kids, but I do want to fight. <laughs> I agree. I don't know if I've ever said this, Zach, but you should write for TV. Yes. yes. Uh, but not this episode, though, as this episode was written by our hero. Andrew Gottlieb. Yes. Andrew Gottlieb. So she, so DJ lectures Kimmy on parenting 101, and then and Andrea Barber has a surprising amount 
of emotional range as she cries. Which, wow, I didn't expect this episode to go there. It's your right in the feels. I was when um, Kimmy was saying, I can't be a disciplinarian. Fernando and I are getting divorced. She's going to a new school. I was having that thought of, you know, DJ's husband is dead, right? Like DJ's kids are going through a lot. Not to say that Ramona isn't going through a lot. That's a lot of stuff. But but clearly, like... Not the best argument in this moment, maybe, yeah. is my point. Yeah. I mean... Kimmy just wants to be loved. The, the Fuller kids are, you know, grieving, and they still listen to their mom, for the most part. I feel like I'm being very mean, and I can't tell if I'm being very mean this episode or in general. Are we not always mean? I feel like we're always a little bit mean. I think we're always a little mean. I try not to be super mean. Most of the time, it's yeah. a bit. <laughs> Most of the time, it's a bit. I feel like we're not super mean. It's just this episode has been very chaotic for all of us. A lot happened. It's a lot. It felt like a lot happened, Strangely. but also nothing happened. But look at us now. Look how far we've come. Look at us. Look how far we've hey. come. Hey, look at us. Four episodes in. Who would have thought? Already losing our fucking minds over this show. This, this show broke us and it took, it four, took four episodes. four whole episodes to break Harrison. We're done. We don't even need Juan Pablo Depache to come on this podcast. Do We're not done. say that, Harrison. You take that back right now, Juan, Juan Pablo. If you're if you're listening, if if you're listening, Juan he didn't Pablo, mean it. Juan he didn't Pablo, mean please. it. He didn't mean it. I'm sorry, Juan Pablo. You know you know we want you on this podcast. It's just it's so hard when we're already broken. Where do we go from here? Only one man can fix us, and that's Juan Pablo Depache. He is the only one. He is the chosen one. Well, I don't. I don't think I have anything else about this episode to talk about. So, I. But do we want to wrap it up? Yeah, let's. Let, let, I think I think we can wrap it I think up. We should wrap it up. I yeah. I, Juan Pablo, please come on our podcast. Don't listen to what Harrison said earlier. Don't listen to what Harrison said. He didn't mean it. Um, but for everyone who is listening, I do mean to say thank you for listening. Um, please follow us on social media. We are at Fullest House Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, and on that note, may your houses be fuller and may your vet clinics be scum free. Mm-hmm.